In this episode, I kick it with my buddy Josh Whitaker. Josh is one of my favorite people in the entire world. I met him when I was in college and we just clicked and you know, a lot of our interests overlapped. We both loved to party. We both love making music. And so uh, we actually got together and made a couple songs and Jay has just been my dude just through and through. Uh, he's absolutely one of the nicest people in the world and I'm not sure that he knows a stranger. In fact, anything that you do with this dude is epic. It's an adventure. And anyone that's partied with him knows this. Anyone that's hung out with him knows this. In fact, I had to go to California for a certification for my job one time. And I hit up Josh and I'm like, hey, like, why don't we spend some time together while I'm out there? And so I made the mistake of kicking it with him before the conference. And so I go down and we essentially recreate our own version of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, right? So it was just a whirlwind of a weekend. Um, I know one night, I think it was the first night I was there, I fell asleep and I woke up to the sound of the same people hanging out. And then we just kind of continued partying. And the goal was to make it to the comedy store, uh, which is, you know, this very famous comedy theater in Los Angeles. Well, we started with brunch and mimosas, and then we went to a bar, and then we went to another bar, and then we went to the dispensary, and that was the mistake. So we kind of made it to Hollywood Boulevard before things got a little weird, and I decided I couldn't speak English anymore, and we took an Uber home. So, yeah, that's the PG-13 version of it. One day, when you're grown, you can hear the R version of it, and I'll let you know what really went down. But I say all that to say I love this dude, and he's one of the most talented people I know when it comes to making music and uh, doing what he does. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you the homie, Josh Whitaker, a.k.a. Drainhead Macintosh. My dude. <laughs> hey, you, you are like my fucking guy and the world needs to know who you are. So if you had to give your elevator pitch, who is Josh Whitaker? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I guess elevator pitch and how I like to think of myself, which would be like probably my main... Uh, like perspective of who Josh Whitaker is. I'm a songwriter, live in Los Angeles, and I, I work a lot of day jobs in PR and and in studios, trying to help like upcoming singers find find their voice. That's what's up, man. That's a that's a good way to to describe uh, what you do. You've been writing for so much longer. You've been saucing. There, there's so much more to you than that. But uh, <laughs> how did you get into songwriting, man? I know you've been making music for as long as I've known you and even before that. So, like, you know, how did it start as a hobby and a passion of yours? Man. <clears throat> oh, so you mean, like, from, like, the Genesis? Yeah, yeah. What's the Genesis? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think I was always interested in music. We were always, we were, I mean, we're all, you know, kind of, you grow up, you just hear music in the in the crib or like just in the car or the radio and movies. So music was always interesting to me, but I never thought I would ever be involved in it. Um, but in middle school, you know, our guy, Ronnie Rewind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that guy was like, and he was always like a lyricist, poet, like loved, 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 was like passionate about music. And that was inspiring to me. But um, not until he really started kind of pushing me to try my hand at it <clears throat> that I ever really think that I had any kind of ability to do it. And then when I kind of just started trying, um, kind of under the pressure of him <laughs> having, <laughs> having a potential uh, like independent like record deal in Oak Park for this place called Low Jazz Records that was just putting out like small, like kind of R&B tracks locally in Chicago. Um, they they've kind of found out that we were kind of rapping together. Like we hadn't recorded anything, but um, because Ronnie was kind of close to the family, 
um, uh, the guy that's that that kind of pushed us to do that. His name was Lauren Middleton, and he was like, "Hey, here's a, a CD. Literally, I fucking remember goddamn <laughs> CDs with just beats on them. Um, just had some instrumentals in, and I was like, okay, I really don't want to do this because I don't want to. If I am gonna rap or sing some song, I don't want anybody to hear it, you know. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we did that. It came back. Um, laid some stuff down for that guy. And, and because he had this beautiful studio in his basement and he seemed to, he was like running a record label, like that just gave me this. And, and we played him the music and he was just impressed. He's like, wow, we definitely, let's do a full album of this stuff. And I was like, it just gave me this confidence that like, okay, maybe, maybe this is something I could try. And then just over, and that was, I was like fucking 13 years old. You know, hey, so, yeah. <laughs> um, like since then, you know, it's been a roller coaster of different kind of opportunities and, you know, different groups and bands and and styles and genres. And just just my whole life has kind of been a lot of ups and downs. Um, and music has just been one of those kind of consistents um, throughout that time period that kind of also kind of acts like a almost like an archive or a library of my life. Like I can kind of look at a time period or at a song or like at a style or like at a certain tone or voice that I was using. I'm like, yep, I know what year that was, what was going on in my life at that time. You know, so it's kind of been like a, like my, like my memoir or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. That's pretty cool. It's like, like the unfolding of Josh, like, you know? <laughs> right. So yeah, when it comes to like the shift and like the changes in genres and stuff like that, like what do you think, kind of guides you through that process? Is it just like inspiration that you get from people you're hearing? Or is it like you just want to try these different styles just because you're like finding yourself? Or is it you get bored doing one thing? Like, you know, where does it come from? <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely all of those things, man. Like, <clears throat> I know for sure that, you know, I mean, I was very like through college or high school, college, <clears throat> and maybe a year out of college. Um, I was so... Uh, kind of self-absorbed with my own style and like and me and Khalil had such a great um, <clears throat> I think like unique thing that we were doing that like we felt like worked for us like the we didn't it wasn't broken so we didn't try to fix it you know and like everything that we kind of just thought of and like laid down not that everybody liked everything but we really liked everything that we were doing um, and that didn't necessarily change, but what changed, I feel like for me was when I went to Nashville and was kind of showing people the stuff that I had done. And most of these people were like Southern rock, uh, hard rock or country. Um, and then some like electronic people, like that was kind of their wheelhouse. Um, and they were hearing my stuff and like kind of getting, I saw them getting inspired in their own way of like different stuff that they could do. And I'm like, Hmm, like, I never, because it's, it's what I do, it doesn't necessarily inspire me to, to change what I do, you know, or, or to right. like evolve in any way. It's just kind of, I'm doing what I'm doing. So they kind of just opened my eyes and my ears to like what these other people were doing in Nashville specifically to see how I could kind of get in with what they do. And that like, that like blew the shit wide open. I was just like, oh, wow, there's a bunch of other things I haven't <laughs> been trying, you know? Um, and a lot of those people were just like, hey, why don't you try this or like that type of melody or like that verse on this like type of sound or like to us playing guitar to that you know instead of all this different stuff and i'm just like it just really then became this back and forth of like you know uh they're inspired by this and then i'm inspired by that and then it re-inspires itself and then like next thing you know you're like eight different inspirations away from where you came from um and yeah, so it just, and, and then, you know, <clears throat> I got so addicted to that, that every time I would try something new, it would get boring. I'm like, all right, I want to do something new. All right, I want to do something new. All right, I want to do something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the novelty of it, man. And uh, I think what you're talking about is like what Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich is uh, the mastermind principle. Like, you know, mm. working together collectively with a group of people, uh, it's kind of like batteries. Like, you know, if there are two people working together, it yields more power than just those two minds, you know, it amplifies. Oh. And so um, I think that's dope. But uh, one thing that uh, sticks out to me is through that process, um, there's this level of vulnerability that, you know, uh, occurs when you have to share your creations uh, with people that you may not know too well and they're critiquing it and stuff like that. 
Um, how is it that you got comfortable with that process? Man, that's a really good question. Um, how do, I, I think the, the real answer is you never get necessarily, I, I don't think I'd necessarily get comfortable. I just try to be, be open to learning. And I think, I mean, I don't know if I always had this quality and I can't tell when it really shifted for me, but, um, and maybe it really was kind of, again, being in Nashville and opening my eyes to different types of things. It just, you know, just really going into, especially uh, collaborative situations, not thinking that you know everything. Really think that you know nothing, you know? It's just trying to come into a place where like, I'm going to leave with more than I came with instead of I'm going to give more, you know, than they have, you know? Uh, it's, it's, it's less about me coming to offer something. They already feel like I have something to offer. So I'm just there to kind of like be a sponge a lot of times. And, and I, just didn't, I, I just didn't force it, you know? I, I, I think that's what made me comfortable about it is I would go into the, a lot of those rooms with these super talented musicians um, and not try to steal the show, you know? It's kind of just sit. And I was very nervous and scared. Like the first times I was um, like working around uh, lots of different kind of genre people that were like working in like major recording studios. So I would kind of just go there and like sit on my laptop, with my headphones in and just kind of be a fly on the wall until someone talked to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that helped me be more comfortable. The more I was around those things and the more like people kind of openly bringing me into the space. Um, I, I really do think it was just patience. And then nowadays I go into those rooms and I don't steal the show, but I tend to be like, all right, let's get, let's get to work. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think there's a broader lesson there uh, for people in terms of not going into situations like, you know, everything. Cause mm -hmm. you know, if you are open-minded, you'll learn that there are different perspectives. And you know, I truly do feel like if there's one right way to do things, we'd all be doing it that way. You know, right. so, you know, clearly, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> clearly there's uh, some other magic that, that people have. Um, and speaking of that, like, what's one of your favorite experiences that you've had working with someone? If you had to think about, you know, the collabs that you've, you've worked on. Yeah. Um, man, recency bias is going to mess this up because I've worked with so many amazing people, including yourself, including Rachel hey. Hollingsworth. Dude, shout out Rachel Hollingsworth, low key. Like, I miss working with that girl. That was She's she's a talent. I, hope, I know we'll do something again in the future, but, um, but um, I mean, dude, me and you had a lot of fun. Me and Khalil were like, Khalil really, really, really helped me craft my sound. But it's funny the way that we did it <clears throat> was not as collaborative as like the processes that we're talking about, um, which is very interesting because now that we've tried to, you know do it differently. Like back in the day, he would produce on his own up in West Lafayette, send me 25 fucking instrumentals. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, where, where did these come from? Who made these? And it's like, I made them last night, all of them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know you were even doing this. And then I was like, okay, this dude's grinding. Let me grind. And I'd be in indie, putting what I had to like trying to create to it. And me and you would do like stuff to his instrumentals and stuff. And I know you're producing too. So, but with you, you know, we were like with you, with Rachel, with lots of different um, people that I've, you know, collaborated with, like in the room, bouncing ideas, producing, writing together. Um, that process is, dude, it's not for everybody, A. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> like it's, it, you really have to be like, I don't know. I feel like we were having so much fun back in the day that like, it never felt like <laughs> whose idea is this and whose idea is working. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It was just like, mm. what, what are some ideas? Let's like put them on the table. And mm. uh, this, this dude, uh, Ray Dalio runs a, a hedge fund called Bridgewater. And mm. he likes to run it as what he calls an idea meritocracy, where it's like, mm. if you're the most junior person in the room, if you have a good idea, like we're weighing the ideas. And I feel like that's like how we approach it, man. It was just like, yo, like, uh, yeah. you know, there were some songs we did where it's like, you basically crafted like my whole melody, my, you know, stuff like that. And, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like that, that fucking works, you know? And like, we give each other lines sure. and stuff. And like, right, exactly. Um, I love it, man. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Absolutely. And it's weird because like, I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of the, uh, 
the inhibition just comes with age, right? Like, um, where you couldn't fucking tell me like anything I did back in the day wasn't dope. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, yeah. <laughs> All my couldn't. shit was hot. Like, yeah. was hot. like you like literally could not, nothing anybody could say would stop me from putting any song out. Right. Like, <clears throat> and like half of my like most listened to songs like before a couple of years ago were like songs I literally sat on my laptop, maybe no interface, maybe no mic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like laptop microphones. I remember spitting into the laptop, bro. Like <laughs> sure, we were on it, right? Up in the dorm room, spitting straight into the little <laughs> tiny microphone, man. Like, like, with like some makeshift like sound treatment like around it. Like, <laughs> like egg carton mode, like. Yeah, straight up, bro. Like everybody was, we were, we were high level. Like, uh, but, and then we put a record out. Nobody saw the, like saw behind the curtain, they're just like, that's a dope song. They don't know how that was made. Like, I'm that dude still like on a show. Bangs, bro. Like, like it's still bangs. Literally laptop mic. Like that's all that was. Man. That's wild, bro. <laughs> bro, I, I posted that picture um your on your birthday of yeah. us when we uh, did that show at Fisai. And uh oh. my dude Abe was like, Man, I would have loved to be at that concert. And I was thinking back and I was like, Bro, I remember we went up to like Guitar Center, like Sam Ash, and bought that little interface thing so we could do the auto tune live and then took it back the next day. Yes, like, yeah. Oh my God. Only needed it for 24 hours. Just That's straight so up, funny, I man. I remember we were, we were like, how are we going to do? Because we were trying to do Rockstar, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude, also, Andy Haug hit me up. Uh, after that picture was posted or after you posted it and I like shared it on my story. Um, and he was like, yo, you just out of frame of this picture, I'm eating shit off the stage with his guitar. Do you remember this? I don't you, remember this. Because no. he, he, I forgot he played guitar for I'm That Dude live. What? Andy Houck was the live guitar for I'm That Dude. It was probably him and like, and one other person, but how is back there dancing fucking blacked out trying to play guitar <laughs> and just eats shit like almost falls off this like the stage is like what like four feet off the ground like, it, was, it was elevated like it was up there like yeah <laughs> and he eats it and i remember there was a video some kind of like fucking flip phone video of it back in the day that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore but i wish i had that yeah i forgot about that moment you can't see it in the picture but he's behind us oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> man that's great yeah so good man yeah so you're talking about uh, you're making a couple of tunes last night. Um, where's your inspiration been recently as it comes to music and stuff? And like, what's, what's kind of been your approach? Dude, yeah, something. So I was actually going to say like the recency bias of uh, what I got going on right now. Um, I'm really excited. So like, I'm really excited about Ca Cannonball, uh, Matt's yeah. in Chicago coming up with stuff. Um, and we were that's what I was working on last night, um, putting some melodies together for us on that thing's gonna be done. But we have a song that's gonna be coming out um probably within the next month that we shot a video for and everything before like uh like right before Matt left. Um, which that'll be cool. That's gonna be cool. And we got and so we got stuff in the works with Cannonball. And and we our live show was so good, it's like heartbreaking that. We can't do that aspect of it, but you know, we're, at this point, we're just gonna you know, try to crank a couple songs out as they as they come. Yeah, man. Um, but there's also this girl who's a singer. Um, she like does hair in LA um, in Beverly Hills, and she's like a singer. Like some one of her clients, I think, <clears throat> like kind of found out that she could low key sing, and like that client is a singer, and so they try to like connect her with some people um, to try to get her in studios and stuff. And my guy who tends to call me when he's trying to develop an artist because he, um, you know, he kind of is like a, has like a management company, artist management company that he like seeks out talent that he can like put projects together for and then pitch to labels. Um, so he'll hit me up when he's got somebody in the studio that he thinks I should meet. Um, and so I went to a session with them. Uh, this girl's named Shari. Um, and she's, she's very talented. I go to the session and they're in the room and it's one of those, I mean, like this, it kind of happens this way every time <clears throat> they got the, the guy on the board, like, and they're like rolling through hundreds of beats and just playing beats. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and do this 
two hour just scrolling through beats thing. Like pick one and let's figure something out. You know, I mean, yeah. let's just start. You know, so like I basically was like, which one do you like? And she's like, oh, I like the one like seven times ago. Like I was like, okay, let's go to that one. I went in, started messing around just to kind of like do two things. One, just kind of get a feel from the instrumental, get people hearing some melodies and just thinking like having some fun. And also just to show, because like I'm not a strong singer, like I'm not a very strong singer. So like I go in because I could tell if a singer is like being kind of um, <laughs> overly picky with starting, I'm like, they're just nervous because there's a pe- bunch of people there they don't know. And I don't yeah. know some of these people there either. And I'm just like, let me just go in and just show, just embarrass myself just to, to lighten the mood a little bit. You know what I mean? And just yeah, all over the place with, <laughs> with my voice. And like, <clears throat> and and that made her kind of smile. And then she came in there and I was kind of like, hey, like maybe try some of this, try some of that. Um, and then she was just like really inspired by like some different ideas. And she was like, oh, I wrote some stuff. And she was showing me stuff she was writing. And then I came to another session of hers after that day. Um, and there was a bunch of other people there too. And I was kind of going to be like coming and going, just kind of listening, hearing things out. And she would not let me leave. She was like, you have to be in here at all times. I don't know these fools and I don't want them telling me what to do. So I'm like, great. <clears throat> like, awesome. That's, so we have like a nice, nice vibe going right now with um, just the rapport that it takes. Because normally when I do those types of situations, I don't like when he drops me into a room with someone, especially if it's someone who kind of, uh, takes a lot of pride in what they do musically and then bring like a songwriter there to kind of tell them how to do what they do. Yeah. People don't like that. So I tend to be like, Hey, if you really want me to like to help you develop someone long-term, like let me meet them before we go into a studio, you know, just so we can know each other before I show up. Straight up. Yeah. And, and, uh, but, but this one kind of clicked and, and she's a, she's a, she's a cool person. She seems really down to earth. Uh, she's like a 25 year old young black girl does hair and can sing her ass off. That's what's um, and I just think she's kind of discovered. She already knew she could sing, but she never, you know, like most people, you know, you can sing, but you don't necessarily record your voice and friend play it for show other people. This is kind of a personal thing for her. So I think we're going to do some really cool stuff. Me and her. That's cool, man. I'm gonna start calling you uh, Caesar Milan. Uh, you're like the dog whisperer, the dog bro. Whisperer, like, yeah, right? you're, you're the singer. You're the singer whisperer, man. <laughs> I mean, like I really, and it's something I just really enjoy. You know, I really love seeing someone go from, you know, just trying things out to like being able to to coach other people, and like, and it really like it, it helps me with my music because I really do feel that like you know being able to teach something is like the best way to learn. You know? Yeah, you have to know um, it well enough to explain it, you know, so you have right. to like really understand it. And so mm-hmm. understand and the place that it comes from and all that. For sure. And it's like, and it's just a growth even within like teaching because it's like, I'm not coming from it necessarily from a place of an expert, of expertise, but like it's it's more so from a place of like experience, you know, and then this learning, this this teaching experience becomes a new experience that now I'm bringing to the next experience. And it's like, um, it really, I really do feel like it helps. And when I'm working with these artists that I'm helping kind of mold and develop, they, they inspire the shit out of me. Like they're all so much yeah. more talented than I am on a, on an artist level, you know, in terms of natural talent. Um, and I just, I'm like, Oh dude, I'm definitely like, I didn't even know voices could go there. Like that <laughs> weird thing that you did there. Like that's coming home with me. Like <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, straight up, man. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I mean, I would just personally uh, challenge that statement that you're not as talented as these people because I, I think you really are, man. And so um, I just think people are talented in, in different ways, you know. I appreciate um, that. Hell yeah. And that's and that's true. They are for sure. Yeah, man. And uh, I, I like what you said about, you know, like kind of sharing the experience piece, because I mean, that's really how I've shifted in terms of like giving advice to people these days is more so like, hey, this is what I've gone through. Here are the decisions I made and the things mm. I thought about. Um, you have to come up with your own set of things because your conditions are going to be different than mine. Exactly. Um, but here's my process, you know, and, mm. you know, I can help you with yours. I can help you try to think through things, ask you questions and stuff, but I can't tell you what to do because you have to decide, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yes, yes. It's, that is like weirdly consistent in at least my songwriting approach also. Like there's certain songwriting where it's like, hey, write a song for us, send it to us. We're going to re-record exactly what you did. That's just wrote a song and someone took it. Um, but for like this, which I think is more so artist development than songwriting, um, 
it's it's very much like they and and this has been the, like kind of the process with Shari. Like she'll be kind of in the booth, and I'll be right outside of it, sitting with the engineer, and she's trying to do something that that we're trying to create, and she is is trying to kind of specifically do. It. And she keeps asking me like, what what is it again? Like what is it again? What's the exact thing? Like you know what? Like we've we had like we'll we'll do like an hour of kind of back and forth and trying to find something within the song, but I don't want her to do exactly what I'm doing because she brings something to it. And like, just even, even in that, this isn't necessarily uh, the different conditions of life that make it different. It's just, she's a different person with a different voice. And my, what I would do isn't what I want her to do. I just want her to see a place to start, you know? And different where she flavor, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why like, I don't know. I, I love hearing like different collabs on songs, like artists that like, you wouldn't normally think of like in the, in the same vein because they all like approach the way that they get on it differently. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's some people, I mean like Ty Dolla Sign, like, you know, T-Pain, like what well, T-Pain's good in his own right, but Ty Dolla Sign, I like, you know, when he's featured, you know what I mean? Versus like kind of his, his own stuff. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can honestly agree with that. Not to bad mouth other people, but like, I agree. No, like in terms of, Ty Dallas specifically is an interesting one, man, because, dude, like, that guy is fucking so wildly talented. Um, and I used to be homies with his manager. Not that I used to. I mean, I still know the guy, but, like, I don't know if they still work together anymore. But, like, I was always so impressed with everything he did. I've heard a couple records that are just him that, are, that I think are really good, but there's definitely, like, it gets... It sounds really cool when it's a feature because sometimes three minutes is too much Ty Dolla Sign. Right. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. And I don't like like dislike his stuff, but like <laughs> I feel like kind of like to bring full circle, kind of what we're talking about is like with the flavor piece. I feel like he's like kind of like a seasoning on the track. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, you put a yes. little too much on it; it's a little too spicy. Um, speaking of that, uh, we we've talked about it a little bit before, man. But how's the heat? Why you eat hot sauce? Eventually, going, man. <laughs> man. It's it's we're at, I'll I'll say we're we've just been taking a little bit of a break. Um, we've uh, you know it was it was going really really well. Got almost overwhelming for a minute, <laughs> um, and then and then as Squirrel went back to work, um, which has been like a couple maybe a few months now. I think it was shit like August. So um, but she went back to work, and we kind of we kind of predicted that like things would get a little difficult to kind of maintain it on a such a daily level once either of us or both of us went back to work um and i'm still working from home uh but like yeah it just you know i mean our apartment just became heat heat while you eat like the factory you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. stuff everywhere like all over the place everywhere and it was cool it was great you know what i mean because normally we would kind of like would get stuff and it was like as soon as it came in it was going back out because it was just like it was that active things started to slow down a little bit and then we're just things were piling up and we're like oh shit you know what i mean like is this still the heat while you eat factory or should we cut so we were like all right we're just gonna not do so much marketing and just try to get rid of what we have before we start again and because we were gonna like we we've been doubling down tripling down and getting like thousands of bottles you know what i mean and glass bottles there's just and we just don't have a lot of places to put them yeah um, so we pretty much were like um, are we gonna make we were like in between we we're like there were a bunch of orders and we were like two bottles short to be able to get um uh like we would have to get like a thousand bottle shipment just to fulfill two fucking orders. Ah, so, we, yeah. uh, so it was like, God damn it. So um, we, we, we were able to do it, I think, actually, because I think we kind of miscounted. We had some like still in stock, but we had to like remake the, some more sauce. So we were able to do it. And now we just um, we're just kind of we're kind of chilling on. I think we'll get back into the swing of it. If another opportunity kind of arises, I'd like to do something interesting with it in terms of maybe collabing with another company to maybe, you know, I'm just trying to decide how we want to invest in it and what like creatively like we can do to now separate, separate ourselves. Because I think everybody that knows us got the sauce, you know what I mean? And a few of their friends got the sauce and then some family, some couple levels of family got the sauce. But uh, now it's like, 
yeah, I don't. Uh, we, we'd have to. We'd have to like be a completely like market towards a completely cold audience, and that's like a whole other approach, you know. Yeah, man, and uh, really, what you guys have is a proof of concept. Like you've you've done it. You've shown that you know you can move bottles, um, and maybe it's you know people think that businesses need to be this like perpetual thing all the time and it's like mm. you can very well just like hey we're about to do another sauce drop you know coming soon um you know a thousand bottles get them while they're gone you know what i mean and then yeah yeah so <clears throat> mm-hmm. there's yeah, a lot of ways you could approach it you know for sure and it's funny because we had like we, i thought we were gonna have like fucking nine ten sauces we were never gonna stop making new sauces and then we got into the mindset of like let's just have four that's what we got um and then, like, yeah, and and you were kind of you kind of pitched this idea to me in terms of like just doing like limited edition small batches of a different new sauce. Um, but I think the next thing we might do uh, is probably just make like one more batch of our four, and like this is it of these four sauces. We will never make these four again, and then we'll make some new ones. Only problem is if we can't make another good hot sauce, we're gonna have to go back to those because <laughs> I mean we we kind of got lucky making like. Four pretty good sauces. Yeah, they're they're good, man. Um, so maybe you make it like the McRib, like it just it just comes out every so often, bro. Like, True, like you never maybe, know, <laughs> like, dude. Just remind people of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Like, the quarantine fucking sauce comes out every March, like of every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bro, how how are those uh like purple peppers that I sent, dude? So I've got them in a freezer right now because I got to make a big batch of them. Um, so that they and I I've got them on on ice so they don't go bad. I yeah, have yeah. No, I'm gonna eat one right now. I, was like, I, I, I didn't even try. Yeah, let's do it for science, bro. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly these things thaw out. Yeah, you just run some water over them. One second. What'd you say? I said, yeah, you just run a little bit of water over like some cold water over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. All right, man. Things look pretty mean. Yeah, man. I, I wasn't sure. They grew so fast, bro. Like, so I grew them hydro. So, like... Oh, okay. Word. I actually had to uh, cut the plants down because they were, like... They kept growing too fast. What? Yeah. So, it, it was That's crazy, cool. man. Did, when did you plant these? Uh, I, I can tell you the exact date. I have to look back through, like, my pictures, and I'll text you, like, the exact date that I oh. planted them. Shit. Oh, was, wow. Spicy? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't bite into it. No. Oh, oh God. Oh, wow. Mm. Dude, I'm a, I'm a daredevil. And that is fucked up. No, that's really hot. Damn. Holy shit, bro. You're onto something. You grew those. Yeah, I grew those, bro. What? What even is that? An arbo? I have no idea. I have no mm-hmm. idea. It was just like a mystery plant my dude's mom gave us, and huh. outside it was like it was like three inches tall outside, and I took it inside and you know ran it hydro, and they just blossomed, bro. Where are these from, bro? <laughs> Holy shit! That's I love that. I miss that. I, I have. I, that's another thing, man. I was just eating so much hot sauce and like peppers constantly. I told you I've gone through these these like stages of like being really into hot sauce and then like literally medically having to stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then also then this year it's just like cooking hot sauce all the time, just like all my clothes smelled like hot sauce, like, <laughs> literally all like the whole apartment smelled like it. Like we would leave for a day and come back, and I was like, oh god, I forgot it smells like this. And you can't you can't smell it when you're just in it. Um, and it was a nice smell, but it was just, it became too much. Like even cooking the sauces fills the hot, the, the apartment up with like fucking spicy smoke, you know, like, you're, like Man. so does it like burn like, your eyes and stuff. Oh, dude, for sure. Your eyes are irritated. You can't touch anything in your, in your fucking face. Um, dude, that's, oh my God. I love the after, the after feeling. That's what's of, up, like, man. I got through that. Dude, that's, and it's tasty. Whew, wow, that smells so mean. Bro, you might have to save some of those seeds because I, I think I sent all of them to you. You sent all the peppers? Okay, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'll, yep. I'll save some seeds for you if you want to replant these. Yeah, man. And we can just, like, get it going again. I'll grow them in a batch. I think it took, like, five weeks. Like, it wasn't, like, it didn't take very long. It was that weird. insane to me. Um, 
Yeah, so what's the best way to like, <clears throat> I would need to let these thaw and really dry them out, I feel like, yeah. to maybe get the seeds like intact, you yep. know? Yep. Um, and make sure you can actually, like just the seeds that are inside, you can just take these out and put them in the fucking ground. Yeah, you just dry them out, man, and then just like let them chill for a little bit, and then it's crazy, dude. It you're crazy. fucking, you have a green thumb like crazy. I've seen your garden pictures and stuff. Like, holy <laughs> shit, bro! It was just a trial and error, man. Uh, like trial the first year, error. like we we grew a couple tomatoes and they went okay. And then this year, it's like you know we got a lot more in the garden. Like we had, I mean, strawberries. We got, uh, I mean, heck, I brought a pineapple plant, a lemon tree, and a blueberry what? bush inside for the winter. What? <laughs> yeah, man. They're, uh, you can grow pineapples inside? Yeah. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, so usually, like, I have the lights going. and uh, Oh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Dude, fucking, so are you guys pretty much just growing all the food that you eat? Uh, I just, like, enjoy it, man. I enjoy, like, watching stuff grow. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, like, something to do. So, yeah. That's amazing. So how about you, man? Like, you know, you're always like on the run. I feel like you're always on the go doing this, doing that. Um, how do you decompress, man? Honestly, <clears throat> um, silence, dude. Like being alone and like no TV, like try to put my phone away and just, just be silent. You know what I mean? Like I, like I used to, like drive like in complete silence like like absolute nothing you know what i mean <clears throat> um that used to be pretty therapeutic um but to be honest man like i don't know if i have enough um of a of an answer to that i, I need a bet i need something else to help me decompress because it can be a lot <clears throat> sometimes you know like it's i, I don't have a perfect balance um at all you know yeah man uh i think it's an ongoing process it seems like it seems like uh you kind of test these different methods out and like try things out like i tried journaling out and i was like ah like a blank page doesn't really do it for me like i kind of need mm. like a prompt and then like i think mm. i'm on like my fifth different journal now and oh, nice. i was just like trying to see if i can you know make different styles work and it you know I found something that helps, but uh, I just don't think journaling's my thing. Oh, really? Um, I like, like, like you, I like stillness. And so I'll go in my room and um, I'll just close my eyes and just kind of lay back and just chill for a little bit. And mm -hmm. um, that's kind of it, man. Yeah, I do. And it's funny because I like journaling. Um, I mean, I used to. I, I mean, and, and because I, I mean, I've just filled up so many no notebooks with words whether they're songs or ideas or like things I don't, I just don't want to forget, but like just free, um, just kind of stream of consciousness, like writing, I need to get back to more. Cause I do think that's like very therapeutic for me. And it's like, you know, it's hard for me to start doing nowadays because I've turned music into such kind of like a, a job, whether I'm getting paid for it or not in different times, um, <clears throat> opening that book, feels like there needs to be structure or I need to get to some kind of, it needs to be a means to some kind of end. Um, but I, I guess it still could be without like, um, you know, it's uh, just in my mind, it's like, oh, if I'm going to do this, I should be writing a script or I should be writing a book or I should be writing a song, you know? But no, I, I think I need to use that and kind of take that back for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, one thing I've been doing though is like, with different projects, like I'll try to procrastinate one with the other. And so like, oh, it's, brilliant. it's just like when I get bored of one thing, it's like, Oh, well let me work on this aspect of the other thing I'm doing. And like, I try to keep, um, you know, different aspects of my projects going so I can get creative with them, <laughs> but still be making progress, even though it doesn't feel like it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually do do the same thing because I, I literally dude, everything I do in life, I don't do anything that I didn't write down in my calendar. You know what That's I mean? What's up? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, but I write down every single thing in my calendar. Not like not quite like shower, brush your teeth level, but like, but like anything in between, anything that like not just leaving the house, like anything that I needed to do, 
for the next day, I write it down. I go through that checklist. If anything becomes like lesser priority than something else, I'll push it to tomorrow. I'll literally move it in my calendar to tomorrow. So it's going to remind me again tomorrow. So I kind of procrastinate those things by like, okay, I'm going to get everything else done. Yeah. Except for that. Um, and, but then there, you know, there will be days when if I don't have a lot on my calendar and I'm like, woo, I got nothing to do. And it might be that one thing. And if I don't have anything else to push that with, it'll, I'll just skip it. And that happens sometimes, you know? Yeah. It, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing. It's like, you either want to be doing a shit ton of stuff or nothing. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Yes, yes. If yeah. it's one thing, it's like, eh. Yeah. It's like two things, I'm going to do at least one of them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like when it like drizzles or like, you know, or when it flurries. It's like, just go ahead and fucking rain. Just go ahead and snow. Like, oh, like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, pack my day or I'm not going anywhere, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up. No, that's so, so yeah. accurate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, yeah, and that's why I get so busy sometimes because I just constantly feel like I have three things to do. So I'm like, fuck it. No, make it nine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's like, like inertia or something like that, man. I think you know it's easier if you're in motion to just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. That is that's very, very, very accurate. And that was very difficult uh during quarantine to try to like I mean, like, it was awesome that you had, like, you were keeping in touch with so many different people and stuff like that, and you turned it into this, like, episodic thing, which is so brilliant. <laughs> it's so fucking perfect and just, like, therapeutic, and it's just, and it's fucking awesome, you know what I mean? I love your show. It's fucking great. Thanks, man. Um, and, like, uh, I just really didn't have, I didn't, I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have the, I don't even know, like, just the vessel to, or the the mindset, I don't know what it was, but I just felt like I couldn't do anything during quarantine. Not because I was locked in my house, just because my, I wasn't kind of able to go to like, to, to knock a bunch of things out at, at the freedom of the ability that I normally had to do them. And it's like, it was just frustrating, you know, but like, yeah. and it made me want to do nothing. You know, if I couldn't do it all, I was like, well, I'm not going to do that if I can't also do that. Um, and it was just an adjustment, you know, I mean, it was an adjustment period. And I think I'm on the other side of that right now. It is. It is, man. And uh, one of the weirdest things that I've been like noodling and trying to come to terms with is like everything is as it should be, you know. And so um, mm -hmm. maybe you had to go through that process to understand that, hey, maybe I want to do something different, you know. And, yeah. Right. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 part of that growth. So exactly. You know, maybe it was a, a necessary evil, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful because because I get to look look back at it and be like, you know, that wasn't so hard. Yeah, man. So, so like, yeah. if you think back to like, you know, some of your harder times, if you don't mind sharing, like, what's what's a challenge that you've overcome that you're like, damn, I made it through that, and I'm like, you know, really proud of this. Oh man, well, yeah, um, yeah, when I got a fucking DUI in 2014, that was a really, or 2016, 2016, 2014, it was 2014, yeah, um, that was a fucking, <clears throat> that was a super, super difficult time, uh, just because I, not just the, the event of it happening or the repercussions or, like, how much it, like, like, kind of took from my life and how much it changed what I thought like my future was going to be at the time. Um, it was just very, uh, you know, it was a, it was a super necessary evil because I was like kind of on a crash course to nowhere and I didn't really know it, you know? Yeah. Um, it really forced me to stop and slow down and like, look at the different decisions I was making and the different things I was doing and the different, maybe people I was around or, just how I saw myself and like really, you know, have to, have to be more honest about it, you know, um, had to be more honest with myself, had to be more honest with other people around me. And, and, and my parents were like supportive of that. And they like, because I think my parents were so like, um, they didn't, they didn't like disown me and they knew that it was going to be difficult for me. and. Um, you know, didn't make it more difficult than it needed to be. 
than, than, than it already was, I mean, um, was really, was really like helpful in me being able to be like, you know what, I'm going to really fucking like do better because of this, you know, I'm going to take it, I take responsibility for this, do all the shit that I have to do, all the community service, all the, you know, you know, walking places and fucking, you know, taking the bus, whatever I have to do. And like, you know, lost a job, going to work some, at some other job, you know, like any kind of service job I can fucking get and get back on my feet and, and, and figure out how to, you know, just how to be a better person before I try to be a fucking rock star or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just felt like I couldn't do the things I wanted to do if I wasn't going to like be good to myself and like take and like be like show how grateful I was to my parents by actions, not just saying thank you, you know? That's what's up, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, a, a long process too. Cause I mean, you know, there's a court and stuff. There's like, you know, all these things there's you walk in and mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just like daily that you're thinking about this mistake you made Oh, for sure. and, uh, Four years. you know, working through that. Um, you know, how did you, how did you manage on those like days when, you're like, fuck, you know, I'm on the bus. Like, I hate this. Like, you know, like. <clears throat> man, um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was just a lot of very dark days, but like, it just, it shit got real really quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like from <laughs> the, the worst part, the, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know when, when, things really clicked for me or like that, that I was just going to have to do it. I think it was honestly, I mean, God, it was such a fucking crazy time. It was such a crazy time. So I was on probation for four years from 2014 to 2018. The worst part of the thing was a, just how long it lasted, how often I had to go to those court things. And like, but like the worst, <laughs> I had to do 190 hours of community service, okay. um, which was a lot. <clears throat> um, and the way that that worked was, I don't even know if my parents know this, but like I had to go to these, I did. Yeah. I think they know I did. There's, it was a, it was called a graffiti like removal place Oh yeah. Um, where you go <clears throat> the way that this shit fucking works, man. It's like these four guys work there. Right. Um, and it was like 15 minutes from my house, not far away, but they, it starts at five in the morning. So you have to be there by five, but they only take four people with them to go do this every day. Right. So everybody that the court tells, this is where you have to go finish your community service. There's tons of people there that are trying to finish their shit so that they don't have to go back to prison. And there's, they only take four people. So people get there two in the morning and sleep there. And then these fucking gangsters roll up at four 45. Like I was here first. And like, they just take whoever, whatever four people are like, yep, there that's who was here first, you know? And these people wow. just fucking gangbang on people and don't let them. So like, I would go every day and some days people I'm like, cause I'm not, I'm not there to fucking, I'm not about to fight anybody. Like I'm not there to like make this difficult. If so, if you want my spot that bad, then I guess I'll go back home. Even though I've been sitting here for three hours waiting. So that took two years to finish that. Wow. Yeah, that was, it wasn't every day for two years, but it was like a lot for two years. And then you're just out there just with the power, like blaster, like fucking taking graffiti off of walls, man. It was, it sucked. It wasn't fun, but. It um, seems like a terrible system. Like that seems yeah, like. The like system that's, is just so broken. Like what? <laughs> so I'm like, I called, I remember I called my lawyer after the first day. I was like, um, so I was there for three hours and this guy told me, that he was there for three hours, but I watched him walk up. Like, is this what the way this works? He was like, yeah, that's the way it works. Oh, okay. What? He's just cool <clears throat> with that? Like, he's just like, he, I tried, he tried to help me get like transferred to a different place, but it was going to be like 45 minutes from my house. And I'm like, if I get fully transferred and it's the same thing there, like that's going to really suck. Yeah. You know? And the court's not going to transfer me back. I feel like, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. So I'm like, hmm, I'll just, you know, at least it's close. Wow. Well, I commend you for, for pushing through that. Cause I, I would again, be so man, frustrated. It, yeah. It was, again, it was, it was just frustrating. It was just because I think I saw how time consuming everything was going to be. I just wanted to get it over with. I think that was a big motivator was like god there's just a lot of different things i had to go to these different alcohol classes three times a week and like sit in those places for three hours um and i had to walk there and it was like three miles from my crib but i was like i'm fucking doing it like i'm getting up and fucking going to this place and, and i'm gonna do it and and then like 
get the <laughs> finally get my license back and then they put the fucking iid thing on your car that you have to fucking blow into to start it and then every five minutes after that or else it fucking makes a huge loud noise in your car and then you gotta fucking blow into it while you're driving fucking on the highway and i'm like let's hurry up and get this thing over with you know like this, like, this sounds like a cartoon like you like, you know what i mean like the fact that this is like the real way that this went down that you're like oh yeah i'd show up and these gangsters would show up tell me they you know took my spot and then yeah. had to blow into this thing in my car it sounds fake dude, like, it, really, it felt like that dude it really felt it did i mean i think that's another part of it you know it's like yeah. it all just felt like like not like it just felt like not my world you know like all the people i had to deal with felt like not my world so i'm just like let's just get through this so i can never see these people again you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. really like and and everybody like even the, the the thing that you put in your car the place that you have to go you have to go get it like recalibrated at this place like an hour and a half from my house every month um just once a month but like they love the people. They love when people come in there because they're just assholes to you because you're a criminal. And right. they're, like, they're like, yeah, fucking, and sit over, go sit over there. And I'm like, fucking, I'm not a jail, man. Like, I'm not a prisoner. <laughs> like, I don't have to do what you say. Right. Or, or do I? Like, I don't know. There's, there are other rules that I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, man. And like, you know, I, I guess I don't want to like diminish like, you know, drinking while driving or anything, but it's not like you killed someone. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. not like you robbed someone. It's not like you like, yeah, I don't know. and it's I not... didn't like. I mean, I mean, again, like I'm with you on that. I definitely don't want to diminish drinking and driving, and I recommend nobody even try to do it at all. Like it's it's fucked up because, like Uber and stuff was like just becoming huge. Like Lyft, I don't even know was if it was like everywhere yet. And, like, right? Was, yeah, like, yeah. Mid 2014, like Uber was a thing, but like kids have no excuse nowadays. Like I I I don't even gamble on it at all anymore. Yeah. Um, Obviously, because, you know, I had a situation, but, you know, people get two, three of these. I'm like, dude, not worth it. Cause I was not, um, like, <laughs> I wasn't like fucking, I wasn't really that messed up. I wasn't like driving or swerving or anything. I like made a turn. One of my tires kind of like skirted, it, skidded out a little bit, like just onto this street. Um, just kind of hydroplane. Yeah. And fucking motorcycle cop, dude, made me wow. do like a fucking like 30 minute field sobriety test. I was like, I feel like I'm crushing this. What do yeah. You think? And he's like, yeah, I still don't think you're sober enough to drive. So, like, blow in the breathalyzer or go to jail. And I was like, I've been told go to, to not blow into those things. So I'm going to go with you. See what happens. Try my luck. Yeah. It didn't work out. They still made me blow right when we got there. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. He's like, it's this or you can stay here for the next four days. And I'm like, I got shit to do. So. Yeah, I'll um, go ahead and exhale, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck, <clears throat> man. But yeah, man, and it's, I mean, dude, I am a much better person because of it. I really do believe that. I truly believe that um, that I'm just not as risky anymore, just in general. Maybe I would have gotten there naturally by 30, um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I was like, especially just kind of the world I was, I've, I've kind of been a part of or like was trying to really be a part of. I just got into Los Angeles. I was here for like three months when that happened. Dang, dude! I just got here, so yeah. it really put my life on like on pause. It really has made my seven years in LA feel more like four. It's almost seven, but the first—I can't believe it's been that long. I know, I know, oh. right? I know. That's crazy. <laughs> it'll be it'll be seven years in like February. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. I can't believe that either. But it's but again, like the first three, I was pretty much doing that the whole time. Yeah. But I just talked about, you know, I luckily put out an album during that time, which I felt like was very inspired. <laughs> it was an inspired album because I was going through some shit, you know, <laughs> like. That's it. Then maybe, maybe that's it, man. Maybe that's how you got through it, you know, like. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say maybe that's the key to, to my career. Like, I got to go through some. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No, but that is, that's yeah. probably how I got through. Actually, no, that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. That is a huge part of it, actually. That's what's how up, I got man. through that stuff. Yeah, I was writing a ton of music. I really was. Uh, um, but not for like, I mean, so this is 2014. I wasn't really writing a lot of music that first year, but maybe like the second year where I was like, I got to like get up off the couch and stop feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. Um, that's when I think the music, I, was, I went back to music. And it, it's again, it's been one of those constants, you know, the, the cons consistent thing. So, you know, that's, 
I think that's dope, man. It's essentially like, you know, find something that can help you. And, yeah. you know, and not whatever everybody it may has be. that. Yeah. But I don't take it for granted, or I do, maybe, but like, I'm, I'm grateful I have it to go to. What's the future look like for you, man? If you look out, like, you know, the next five years, like, kind of where you want to be, like, um, what, what do you think is the direction you're heading? Um, man, I'm so, I'm so bad at, at, at answering that question. Um, <laughs> Because I don't know. I think I'm <laughs> I'm doing probably better realistically than I would have thought I would have. I, I would twenty. I mean, like five years ago. You know, um, <clears throat> I think um, I'm I'm happy. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is nice. You know, um, like I my relationship with Squirrel is like a big part of my life. You know what I mean? And like our place in studio city. And, uh, I didn't know if I would still be, I thought I was going to be in Austin, Texas, but like, I couldn't get a job there. So I ended up not going. Um, but five years from now, man, I don't know, man. I, I hope that I, I think I see myself, um, man, I don't know. It's hard for me to envision. I just don't see it. When I look in my, in my head, I just don't see anything you know i i I can't it's, it's just so hard for me to envision things that far in the future yeah how about like why. what are the uh elements of you know your life now that you want to remain consistent i know you know music's been a theme and uh mm, okay you know what are, what are some elements that you want to be a part of your life when you think about kind of the ideal setup oh that's a good that's thank you for phrasing it that way because like I, I feel like i can grab that a little bit a little bit more um i I want to live in Studio City because I really love Studio City. Okay. I like this area. Um, I see my. I, I would like to. Ha- well, all to my life. I, I. I guess this is isn't something I have now, but I would like to possibly be in a little bit bigger apartment so that I can kind of make a designated like studio ish area in like maybe like a a bedroom or like an extra spare bedroom, um, so that I can be more consistent with music. Um, and like have that be like a really a part of my space. Um, <clears throat> and, um, I'd like to, I don't know, five years from now, I really hope that I'm writing more, you know, like actual, not just melodies, but like ideas and like songs, whether it be like, I've, I've, I told myself five years ago that I would write a script for a screenplay. Oh, okay. Um, and I still haven't started it, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I had started a few things here and there and then changed, like completely changed gears and like changed ideas and started like two or three different ideas. Um, but I'd like, to, I'd like writing to be a part of my routine more and to feel like I had time to do that. I would love to be able to work remotely still in five years that's something i'd like to do in five years is still be working from not in an office yeah man uh <laughs> I, I think that model there, there's a lot of problem with it like you waste so much time getting up you know getting mm-hmm. dressed and uh right. packing your lunch and uh, you know going to work i'm like man i waste three four hours of my day just getting ready to work like right dude and then when like i don't know how far you are from like where the honda place is but like like I used to drive an hour and a half just to get to the office. Damn, you know, yeah. Like three hours of my day is just in a fucking car. Yeah, man, and it makes you irritable, like you know, traffic oh, and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. just brutal, man. It's not, it's not a way to live. Right. right. Yeah. So like, and I'm so I'm very grateful that I don't work at that place anymore, and I I have a job now that if we if or when we do go back to the office, it's only twenty minutes from my house. So that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's really that's, nice. That's perfect little distance there. I can get used to a twenty minute drive. But I but but yeah, like you said, man, the model I think is like, dude, so many companies are still productive right now. Right. <laughs> With nobody in their fucking office. And it's like maybe let's think about getting rid of some of these buildings. Um, and splitting time, you know, where people only come in half days or, you know, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know, man, I think, I think the coming every day cubicle model might be, uh, almost out the way out the door. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is, I'm not going to lie that I don't know why my, my, my mind got so foggy for a second. Like, I don't think I can like, 
that that idea right there is what I hope to have the most, I feel like, in five years, is to be able to work remotely, to, to be able to survive remotely and not be, like, hustling. You know what I mean? Um, like, and have that kind of... Because, like, as much as I do hustle with the songwriting, it's not so much of a hustle... Uh, as it is, like there are money opportunities in it, but it's it's something that I enjoy doing, and it's, it's just a part of my life that I will probably do forever. Um, but man, like, yeah, if I could maintain a job without having to live anywhere specifically, dude, oh, yeah, that would be, be so great, man. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> I spend a lot more time with with my. I get to see my family and friends more, which I I miss being able to do. So yeah, that. that's something that I think is key to life that we don't get to do enough is like mm-hmm. see people that we love and you know have real conversations like with them. And you know that's a lot of the reason I started doing this. I was like, it gives me an excuse to you know talk to people, see their face and stuff, and and really like chat with them outside of the party scene, outside of like mm-hmm. us being at an event where we can really like you know see how each other are man and see right, you know, yeah. how, how people are living no doubt man it's a fucking beautiful thing i am like thrilled that you've had me on like now this is my second time I mean, this is my first time on the actual show right yep yep okay yeah yep. and then we did the uh the feature with the heat ye before yes, this was fun. it was amazing and so yeah, many yeah. people watched like people like really like were like texting me like oh i saw your interview with for heat while you eating up and like i said so i made so- sales off that bro you were that's driving dope. sales that's like, so dope like <laughs> Like, you know, I, I really, I just appreciate it so much, man. Like, I really do. Hey, and I, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, speaking of inspiring, like, you're someone that inspires me because, like, I, I feel like there's like three of you because, like, you'll be like working on a music project. And I'm like, wait, but he just posted pictures in like Mexico. But, like, hold on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but he's playing a concert right now. Like, how is all this happening simultaneously? Like, so, like dude, that's amazing. I, I admire oh, your yeah. hustle, man. Um, Thank you know, you, man. You know, so thinking about inspiration and stuff, like if you had to deliver a message to the world, you had the ears and eyes of everyone, what would you say to people, man? Don't be afraid to not know. You know, don't be afraid to not know. And don't pretend to know. Like going into a place feeling like that you have to like be smarter than you are just takes away your opportunity to learn new things, you know. Don't say that you know things that you don't like. Just learn them. Hear, hear people out. Listen. Um, it's fine to not know. It's fine to ask questions. It's it's better to ask questions. Like not knowing and pretending to know is just is I think the biggest disservice you can really do to your mind and just to your own ability to help the world. So yeah, that's real, man. Uh, that is deep, and I think people would would really benefit from that in a world where uh, so many people are spouting off their opinions about everything, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think we need to do more listening. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of listening, bro, people want to listen to your music, uh, listen to uh, the things that you put out. Where would they find you? What are the artist names? What are the, the social medias? Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me see. What's my, I have a, a, a thing on my, so if you go to my Instagram, at Drainhead Macintosh. The link on there is, um, is uh, I can't remember what the thing's called, but it'll take you to like all of the different links that you can find of my music. On Spotify, I'm Drainhead Macintosh. Uh, there's SoundCloud links on there, title links, whatever other places people listen to music. Um, and then Cannonball Splash, at Cannonball Splash on Instagram. Um, we've got all of our, all five videos up on there. When we do uh, release, new music that'll be the first place we we tell people about it so those two projects is where you'll find my stuff hey that's what's up i absolutely love it man and uh what's uh a song you'd want people to listen to to start with if you had to open up your catalog to somebody hmm um i think i gotta say i'd probably say no nonsense by cannonball yeah, I really, I really like that song. If you don't like it, fuck you. But like, it's <laughs> it's kind of dope. Um, that song. Um, if you're in a dancey mood, definitely check out "Bottle in the Mix" on Spotify. There's like three different remixes to that, and that's really just a vocal part that I have on there. Um, but all the Cannonball Splash stuff is dope. If you're in a like like a listening mood, 
like it's kind of rock and roll. There's a there's a slow record on that. Um, and I'm pretty sure we just put the full project up on Spotify. So there should be a link in on the Cannonball page. So yeah, that's what I got. Hell yeah, man. I love it. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining me, man. It's been it's been great chatting with you. And uh I'm sure we'll do this again in the future, bro. Dude, I appreciate it so much, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. I love the show. I hope I can get on another episode sometime. My dude.